0: Hello, my name is Shane A. Bassett, and this is Mickey Rourke Talk, a healthy, positive journey through the career of Philip Andre Rourke Jr., or Sir Eddie Cook, or as he is best known, Mr. Mickey Rourke. In no particular order, I will look over his unique movie career, film by film. And on the agenda in this episode is a triple treat. I will start with Sin City. And I did say I was having a guest if you heard me on the previous episode for this edition. However, sadly, the recording did not work and we will get that particular guest who I will announce another time on another episode. However, I'll be discussing Sin City out of 2005 with just me on this occasion, followed by Buffalo 66, an interesting road trip with Christina Ritchie and Vincent Gallo in the leads. That was in 1998, that film. And I'll finish it off with one of the best Mickey Rourke performances from 1985, The Year of the Dragon. Unbelievable stuff in this episode. If you enjoy Mickey Rourke, stay tuned. Let's talk Mickey Rourke. Thank you very much. That was a Devo, Freedom of Choice, and that song appears in the movie The Informers, starring Mickey Rourke and, among others, Kim Basinger and Billy Bob Thornton. But The Informers will be a film we will talk about in a future episode. Our first cab off the rank today, though, Sin City from 2005. Huge release all over the world. Very, very popular. And Mickey Rourke had a... Bit of a comeback after this film. He plays Marv. Um, it's based on comic books or graphic novels from Frank Miller. And he co-directs with Robert Rodriguez. And there is a third director in this too. Quentin Tarantino directs one particular moment in the film. But we're going to focus on a Mickey Rourke and some of his co-stars. I think definitely... It is not for the faint-hearted. It's not a comic book movie that you're going to take the kids to, that is for sure. Uh, It's black and white mostly with flashing colours. The cinematography in particular is on fire. And I think Mickey himself, he is a bit of an anti-hero and he loves it. He loves every minute of this and it is an acting pristine Part that he plays even though it's rough and tumble and he has this heart of gold that you can tell if you like he likes you and you like him you're gonna have a friend forever marv is a monumental character and he's perfect for the role we first see him in the 13 minute 21 second mark right on the dot in a heart-shaped bed with Goldie, played by Jamie King. Uh, we also get a double, double hit of Jamie King because she plays the twin sister, and they both have a connection. Uh, I think it's a really nice moment that they share, and it comes back later with this monologue in front of the dolls, in inverted commas, when we see Wendy, Goldie's sister. Uh, and Mickey is all tied up in ropes and there's a bit of a chat between them. That's a really good moment if you try and remember that. We first see uh, smoking uh, from Mickey in the 14-minute mark, 14 and a half minute. And at one point, there's a bit of humour from Marv in this, even though he is very rough around the edges. He smiles a few times and he burps at one point in front of the character of Nancy, played by... Jessica Alba. Some of the other co-stars in this galaxy of stars, this film has many, many cool actors, but uh, highlighting a couple here, Brittany Murphy, who also co-starred with Mickey in Spun, a film we'll talk about in a future episode, a film uh, a little bit like this that is not for everyone. Uh, Brittany Murphy, I... uh, Really liked her career when she was here with us. Unfortunately, not anymore. Uh, Clive Owen is in this. Not a big Clive Owen fan. Uh, Never have been. Although, I will say that there are a few roles that he is extremely magnificent in, including Closer. Uh, Loved Clive Owen in Closer. Uh, Rutger Hauer has a pretty good church confessional scene in this uh, it's a great moment opposite Mickey Rourke and uh, I've got to say those two together would have been, a sh- would have been great to see in more movies. Uh, we have Devin Aoki in this. Uh, I liked her in Debs, although she hasn't done a lot of uh, acting of late. I m- might just think that she could be doing other things other than acting and that's a shame because I think Devon was unique in her look and her ability and Devon is Devon. If you don't know who Devon Aoki is, you'll know when you see this movie. She stands out with that bow and arrow. Bruce Willis, of course, is in this movie. Uh, he is fantastic, and it is a great, great performance from the one and only Bruce Willis. And finally, Rosario Dawson. Oh, we'll mention Elijah Wood. He's in this. His character actually actually looks like he's got nails. That's similar to Louis Cipher, which is, uh, if you remember Angel Heart, a fantastic Mickey Rourke drama, thriller. Uh, Louis Cipher was played by Robert De Niro and has these wicked devilish nails, and so does Elijah Wood, although Elijah uses them as weapons. Uh, we'll talk more about Angel Heart in a future episode. Uh, but I did want to finally mention another actress called... Rosario Dawson, one of my top 10 actors of all time. Rosario loves stickers, and she has also appeared with Mickey Rourke in a movie called Killshot that we'll talk about in a future episode. Uh, And check out Rosario's, well, her costume and her attitude in Sin City is unmistakable, but these earrings that she wears are... Part of the costume, I guess. Her earrings are terrific. I don't wear earrings. I'm not feminine. But you got to see them on her. I just really enjoyed looking at them and looking at her. Uh, she, Mickey has some really good chemistry with everyone he comes in contact with. In particular, Carla Gugino, uh, a very good character, actress, and lead actor as well. She's in a lot of stuff over the years. I got a chance to interview her. In for a film called San Andreas, which was filmed in Australia, mostly filmed in Australia, Australia, but she looks magnificent in this, and she also has this great character uh, development. With well, they have a history that you they sort of touch on, but Marv and her character, which is his parole officer, uh, often. You can tell that they often hang out and she helps him out more on the side that uh, probably her employers don't know about. Some of the clothes that Mickey wears are all basic singlet, white singlet, that is, uh, long leather jackets or coats, uh, dark pants. He doesn't change his attire too much, although he does like taking coats off people he's about to kill. He's steamed up. He's got this big, bold presence on screen, a husky voice, Uh, He has this incredible death scene uh, in it, and I guess that's a spoiler, but he does appear in Sin City 2, so there's something uh, you might want to know as well. There is a Sin City 2, a dame to kill for. I would suggest that a big chunk of this movie is all about Marv, which I believe it is, although he and Bruce's character probably have the biggest range. Uh, I think Marv is heads and shoulders above the rest and deserves the praise that he got. Mickey really did come into the limelight again with Sin City and definitely deserves all the praise. He could have played a number of other characters, I guess, Uh, maybe the Benicio Del Toro character that's in this uh, and a few others potentially the Rutger Hauer priest role, but they were both smaller than what Mickey got. So I'm glad that he got Marv and he's perfect. I'm pretty sure that Frank Miller himself really had to agree with the casting and collaborated with Robert Rodriguez when it came to casting this movie. And it all works. It all works indeed. Uh, Check out Sin City. I liked it then i probably don't like it as much now it's one of those movies you really do need to see on the big screen i have a pretty excellent dvd special edition version of it which has uh some artwork in it it comes in this beautiful fold-up case that you lift up the top and the disc and the cover all comes out uh yeah it's beautiful so uh it is a it's treasured in my collection and re-watching it for this podcast was uh An interesting thing, because I think I'll have to uh, watch it again in the near future. There's a lot happening that you notice in the background. And the sound and the cinematography really do make Sin City worth the watch. And Mickey, yeah. It's uh, not in my top ten Mickey Rock movies, but if you were just going on his performance alone, it is one of the films that purists and non-fans are going to get enjoyment from. Sin City, check it out. (音楽) Welcome Ah, that was Wang Chung Dance Hall Days, and another song that features in the Mickey Rourke film The Informers. I'm looking for. I'm very much looking forward to uh, talking about The Informers, although a tricky one to discuss. But keep an eye out for it in a future episode of Mickey Rourke Talk. But right now, the one, the only Buffalo Sixty Six, the first. Uh, directional debut of uh, Vincent Gallo and uh, he stars with Christina Ricci in this. What a movie. It is a nonsensical road trip most of the time and at the cinema back in 1998 when it was released from what I recall I liked it but now 23 years later I will admit performances were riveting that's for sure. But it is a tough watch. It's one of those 90s indie movies, no doubt, did very well at festivals. That studios probably clamored for, and they released it into art houses, hoping for awards, um, but yeah, just didn't happen. I'm assuming that this. This movie did relatively well at the box office. I know when my local cinema was screening it, it drew a few people in, but uh, only those hardcore indie fans, uh, the movie fans that will go and see anything. A bit like me, actually, that's for sure. Oh, look, it! it it's a story that I'm not going to go through every nook and cranny because... It is different, and there's a lot happening when a lot doesn't happen, if that makes sense. It opens with uh, Vincent's character of Billy. He's uh, released from jail. He's a bit of an arsehole. He is rude. He needs to go to the bathroom. Right, pretty much in the opening scenes. No one will let him go to the toilet. He has to be on this bus for a while. He's busting. He's trying to go into restaurants. He's trying to go into... All sorts of different shops, retail places, but they won't let him go to the loo. Well, they say it's closed. Uh, And then he ends up in this dance school and he meets Christina. She's doing the tap dance class and he blatantly kidnaps her and takes her with him on this trip. Uh, I think he is supposed to be, but Vincent is really mean and he's annoying. Uh, But the relationship builds during the course of the movie. And it works. Uh, And I've got to say that Christina Ritchie is in her absolute prime here. She is fantastic. Uh, That's a common thing with all her movies. And I might go through a couple of them a little bit later. But this late 90s, early 2000s Christina was probably one of my favorites of her career. The movie Buffalo 66 is full of offensive dialogue that you are not going to hear anymore in Most regular releases, even some USA modern indie releases that take it a little bit further, a bit more edgier. uh, You definitely do not hear some of the language and some of the terms used in this film. Uh, It's a Mickey monologue. It's a cameo uh, on this occasion. And he talks about a cover-up ultimatum for Billy. He delivers this speech that is Brilliant. Oh, it, it, it just makes me chill thinking about it and talking about it now. It is a short moment and it is a moment that really does anchor the film. If you think about it and listen to the words he's saying. Mickey does it again. What an exceptional performance. Uh, no smoking. He doesn't light up a cigarette in this and he doesn't arrive until the 38 minute mark for his cameo he's wearing a beautiful crisp white shirt top button up these black rimmed glasses that uh, actually look quite good on him it's a shame he doesn't wear that style a little bit more often they suit him and he has a great phrase that he repeats a couple of times in it very evil and very bad things very evil and very bad things
1: the story goes like this one day this big asshole comes in. He calls up a bet, ten thousand dollar bet on Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. That's the win, okay? Now I know what you're thinking. The story's hard to believe, right? I mean, what kind of an idiot would bet uh, <sighs> would bet on Buffalo to win a big game like that? It's true. I swear to God, it happened. I mean, this guy was so out of touch. He didn't even have the ten large to cover his bet. I tell somebody to turn up the heat. So, Billy, what happened was this book, he got so sick of hearing everybody's excuses. I mean, they're all the same, you know. Everybody's got an excuse. Anyway, this book, he got so sick that he just had to throw up. And the only way he could make himself feel better was to, to do bad things. To do very, very bad things to the excuse maker.
0: There's just a little bit of the extraordinary monologue by Mickey Rourke in Buffalo 66. Believe me, it is a true moment of pure adrenaline, especially if you do enjoy Mickey Rourke performances, such as I do. Uh, It's one scene, but it is challenging and goes on a little bit longer than you just heard. Uh, Thank you, courtesy of Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures, for that little clip. Some of the uh, co-stars that Well, they're not really co-stars to Mickey himself, but actors who appear in the movie. Ben Gazzara. Yep, Jackie Trehorn himself. uh, There's an awkward moment where he's miming a song to Christina's character in a bedroom while everyone else is out in another room, and that's uh, a little bit difficult to watch, but the outcome isn't horrendous as I was expecting. Uh, Angela, uh, um, the song, actually, that Ben is... Miming is a song of uh, a record that he puts on this beautiful record player, but he's miming to a song sung by Vincent Gallo's father, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Angelica Houston also has an awkward and weird uh, couple of moments in this. Uh, She's very, very convincing. Uh, The most unusual performance I've ever seen her in. Obviously, I think Vincent has built up friendships with actors and people because they do things in this movie that, you know, you'd have to have trust in the director and the person. You, you'll you see what I mean when you watch the film. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent, the late, great Jan Michael Vincent, pops up too uh, as Sonny at the bowling alley. Now, I noticed he was limping around a little bit. Uh, I don't know whether he was actually limping in real life and he had a problem or it was just for the role, but uh, Jan Michael Vincent... Later in life, uh, he didn't do many movies, so this was great to see him pop up. Uh, he was a good surfer and appeared in a great surfing movie, Big Wednesday, among other terrific films of the seventies and eighties when he was in his prime. But he kept going through the nineties as well. He was in Extro Three. That's right, extra Three. Rosanna Arquette, a lovely Rosanna Arquette, beautiful person, uh, and she has this cameo in a diner that, well, she plays this crush, a former crush that uh, Billy had uh, back in school days and uh, recognises Billy when they sit down at a a, adjoining basically table opposite them at a diner and yeah, it's a little bit awkward as well but Rosanna Arquette is so good. I could watch her all day, all night uh, and makes, makes quite an impression in this film. I've got to admit that Buffalo 66 certainly isn't going to be for everyone, but does Mickey suit the role that he plays as the bookie? Well, he couldn't be better, as I already mentioned. He elevates what could have been a throwaway bit uh, that becomes unforgettable. And I remember clapping and cheering after the scene he was in, after first seeing it at the movies. Uh, sadly, no fellow cinema goers followed suit. They probably just looked around at me and said, oh, he's weird, which is fine. Uh, I used to clap in appreciation all the time at the movies uh, for weird moments or if there was a really good good, strong acting scene or monologue or an uplifting part, I would uh, give a bit of a cheer and a clap. I wouldn't stand up and go nuts, but uh, I would appreciate towards the film how much I liked it, but not so much anymore. I don't do that on occasions at all, actually. Could Mickey have played the role, the lead role of Billy that Vincent Gallo plays? Well, yes, indeed. Of course he could. Uh, I would say that Vincent could have even considered him to play the role of Billy, but being written and directed by Vincent Gallo, Maybe Vincent wrote it for himself. Who knows? But he does a terrific job in it. Although I do think Mickey could step in if he needed to. Uh, But this was, you've got to remember, and I've said it before, a time when many wrote him off um, as a lost cause. People didn't want to employ Mickey or put him in films, which is a bit of a sad thing now I think about it. Now, do I like the movie? Well, I've kind of touched on it already. Yes. I do like the movie. I appreciate it a little bit more now, although it's not a movie I'm going to rush back and watch. I'll probably see it again in less than 23 years, like I have taken to watch it again the first time. But look, probably it's so hard to get through. I'm not going to rush and watch it soon. That is for sure. It's obscure and it's untraditional, The road trip traits in this will really test your patience. However, Vincent Gallo has a good cast. Uh, He's got them gathered and in crucial moments. And alongside Christina, he becomes electric. She becomes electric. They have a solid chemistry. Uh, It's an ending too that's perhaps romantic. Uh, I really did not remember the outcome in this movie. And Mickey purists, please seek it out. It's worth watching. And alternative movie fans, if you've never heard of it or you've seen it and you think, what is this all about? Be prepared, but do check it out. I've got it on DVD. Uh, I may have a VHS copy. I'm in the process of cataloging my VHS collection, which is hundreds and hundreds, and I haven't got to it yet, but I do believe I do have a VHS copy of it somewhere. However, re-watching my DVD copy... It looked pretty good on the big screen, so enjoy if you get a chance. Coming up next to finish off our triple feature on Mickey Rock Talk is I've saved the best till last. It is the Year of the Dragon. Uh, That is An Emotion Obsession, a song that features in the trailer of Nine and a Half Weeks, a movie with Kim Basinger and Mickey, of course, uh, a major hit in France, big hit all over the world. Uh, It was cut and banned in many places, and we'll be talking about Nine and a Half Weeks in a future episode of Mickey Rourke Talk. But first, the 1985 film, Year of the Dragon directed by Michael Cimino who directed Heaven's Gate which also appeared uh which also featured Mickey Rourke and another Mickey Rourke movie they worked together 3 times and that was Desperate Hours I enjoyed Desperate Hours uh it is in it's a I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure that's not a term I like to use very often but uh Desperate Hours Gets a bit of flack because it's not really a remake of the Humphrey Bogart classic. Uh, it's a bit of a modern retelling of it, but I will get more into that when we talk about Desperate Hours, but it's got Anthony Hopkins in it and and Mimi Rogers, honestly, and Tawny's, I mean, it's just a really good movie. Check out Desperate Hours, but let's get on to Year of the Dragon. That's what we're here for now. A, uh, a, crime-busting movie set in Chinatown in New York uh, that breaks a lot of rules. Uh, It's upsetting. It's racist. uh, It has violent action scenes in it. It has corruption. uh, You name it. It has it in it. And Mickey Rourke as Stanley White is brilliant. Oh, this is one of the best roles of his career. When did I first see the movie? When it was released in 1985. That's right. At George Street Cinemas in Sydney, of course. Uh, underage, but I remember it well. It could have been actually the very first Mickey Rourke movie I'd ever seen. I hadn't seen Diner at that stage. I don't think I'd seen Body Heat at that stage. I hadn't seen 1941. Uh, so maybe could have been one of the first films. Oh, I would have seen Rumblefish. So Rumblefish was probably the first Mickey Rourke movie I'd seen. I've, probably watched it twice actually this one i do remember going a couple of times anyway i've got at least two copies of it on vhs i've had them for a very long time i've got the dvd and now i have this uh, blu-ray special edition which is available and has a terrific cover art some good extra features and a beautiful slip case in it as well well uh well worth the collection uh for your collection i should say. As it should be, all movies in physical form. Uh, if you enjoy them, buy them because you never know how long they'll be around for. Some of the co-stars of Mickey Rourke here. We'll talk about the ones that really appeal to me and the ones that stood out the most. And trust me, there's there's a lot, but here are some of the picks: John Lone uh, as Joey Ty, very very an evil nemesis of Stanley White in this. Uh, John was in The Last Emperor, The Hunted, The Shadow, with Alec Baldwin. Uh, Speaking of shadows, he was in an Australian film, Shadows of the Peacock, also known as Echoes of Paradise. Uh, Yes, John Lone is great as a uh, very bad triad that you don't want to be anywhere near or cross Trust me, there's a bit of heroin dealing going on here, there's extortion, there's all sorts of gang-related stuff that John Lone is puppeteering, and Stanley White wants him off the scene. Their battle is terrific. Caroline Carver, what a performance from her. She plays Connie. You might recognize her from Little Nikita, Born on the Fourth of July, and Heaven's Gate, which was, as mentioned, directed by Michael Cimino and stars Mickey Rourke. Uh, As Connie, Caroline Carver should get a lot more recommendations here. It is a serious, serious role. Her and Mickey's chemistry and emotion bleeds out of the screen. I feel really sorry for Connie at times, and I'll get a little bit more into that a little later. Irene, now I hope I'm saying that correctly, she plays Tracy Zhu, a model and a very good actor is Irene. Uh, and she only appeared in a few movies, including this and The King of New York, starring Christopher Walken, great film, and uh, a couple of good stories I've heard about that movie, but we'll talk about that another time, possibly. Her connection with Mickey in this is surprising. Beautiful and somewhat interesting. Uh, Yes, and I think she could have got a bit of flack. And there's a little documentary about her on the Blu-ray that I was talking about, the special edition version. I think that you, uh, if you're a fan of this movie and you like her performance in it, which is very strong as far as I'm concerned, uh, watch this documentary. It explains a little bit about her career and uh, going into this movie and what happened after it as well. Kind of explains why she didn't do much more acting. However, I do believe... She is a highlight in Year of the Dragon. I think uh, another one, what can I say? Another few, actually, actors worth noting is a... Plethora of royalty, of actors of Asian heritage who appear in here. Now, you'll recognize them, and they're in so many great action films and dramas. Victor Wong, Dennis Dunn, and Ao Lung. Ao Lung, especially, is uncredited in this, but I am sure he's in the street towards the end. I've spotted him a couple of times. Al Long is an action movie legend, Die Hard, action Jackson, you name it, he's been in it. Uh, Victor Wong and Dennis Dunn were both in Big Trouble in Little China, among other films. But uh, there's some actors I wanted to highlight. Or I guess also Jack Keller, uh, he was in White Sands with Mickey Rourke. And Raymond J. Barry, a character actor, uh, he pops up in this in a few crucial scenes as a colleague of Stanley White's, but they also lock horns. Uh, I think you'll know Raymond J. Barry from a variety of movies. And television, he's still acting up a storm. He's been in a variety of productions in recent times, including 13 Reasons Why, which is a series I really enjoy. He also appeared in Born on the 4th of July. Now, of course, Born on the 4th of July is a Oliver Stone film. And Oliver Stone co-wrote this movie, You of the Dragon, with Michael Cimino. So there's the link, because Caroline Carver and Raymond J. Barry starred in... Born on the 4th of July. I think uh, it's worth noting that does. Well, I often ask does Mickey suit the role in whatever movie we're talking about? And in this, he certainly does. He's got these two monologues in particular uh, that make the nerves jangle. Uh, one is in the office of the Triads laying down the law, the new law that he wants to instate. And also a scene in front of his police brigade explaining what he wants to happen on the street. Uh, I mentioned Caroline Carver a couple of times when we were discussing the cast. The chemistry with her as Connie is amazing. There's some serious acting moments between the two. I felt so sorry for Connie and Mickey. really does bring the emotions out as he can do really well when required in so many movies. He's absolutely believable and uh, sad. Poor Connie, poor Connie. Mickey, such great acting though. Uh, also, there's some scenes opposite John Lone, the uh, villain of the piece. Uh, the acting is top notch from John and I really, really thought his involvement with Stanley White and those acting. I, I'm guessing that Michael Cimino was probably a director who forced a lot on his cast to get the best out of them. And you can really tell tensions were probably high in real life, behind the scenes, as well as in front of the camera. I invested in the relationship that uh, Stanley White has with Ariane. I always wonder if I'm saying that right. It's a little unconventional, but what starts as casual uh, was also going to develop, was always going to develop into this stronger, deeper, meaningful relationship. Uh, And I think it produces a happy ending that I did not expect. Uh, The chaos that precedes the finale and this happy ending is kind of a major contrast, but also works as far as I'm concerned. Rockin' Rod Stewart. He never walks past a mirror he doesn't stop and look into. That was Infatuation, uh, the song appears in Year of the Dragon. When does Mickey smoke? Well, he smokes for the first time about 30 minutes into the film at a dinner. He And he, and he actually blows smoke right in the face of Ariane And... Honestly, I don't think it's uh, welcomed because Ariane's face winces and it's real smoke, of course, not CGI. Uh, he lights up throughout the rest of the movie over and over again. Also, Mickey literally smokes his clothes. They're cindering and charcoaled when he pulls this witness out of a car explosion, uh, desperate to keep him alive. Uh, and another point during the movie he actually refuses a smoke when one is offered to him and that is very very unusual. Some of the clothes that Mickey wears in this one are quite traditional trench coat, gold tie button at one point, uh, a fedora hat which really does suit him, uh, a brown tie, uh, gray shirts and they're all custom made by a brand Dimitri designers. Uh, also John Lone's threads, were apparently designed by Dimitri. Mickey has greyish, I guess, hair in this. You could call it grey hair, greyish hair, which isn't real. Uh, It's coloured, for sure, as far as I know. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but uh, I think it changes shades throughout the film, so it's been coloured. Could Mickey have played any other role? Well, maybe. Maybe the Raymond J. Barry role. Um, but that's not as solid as the Stanley White part, and I'm really glad he's in the lead. He's fired up, so fired up. Uh, It is unforgettable, this one. It it really is a movie that I still like. Uh, The dialogue by Mickey is delivered with passion. He gives it everything again and again, scene after scene, as I say, with individual actors opposite him or in groups it just all works there's a lot of racist slurs uh, a lot of full on substance in this movie gang violence isn't pretty uh, neither is the element of corruption but you know it's still in it's still an intimidating movie Year of the dragon but it's brilliant on so many levels it deserves praise up there with more celebrated gang or gangster epics of around this time including colors the Untouchables, The Exterminator, and Black Rain. When it feels like the world is
1: on your shoulders And all of the madness has got you go.
0: there he is, the rhythm of the night. That song is in the last dragon. And the reason I mentioned that is because there's two things I want to highlight before we move on. Do not confuse year of the dragon with the last dragon, both released in 1985. They are two extremely different gang related movies. I'm not bagging the last dragon. I saw it at the cinema. Also, I enjoyed it. I have the DVD. I remember it as, a kid uh, renting it on VHS at the video shop and it's just one of those uh, fluffy, unusual fantasy movies that have since become a bit of a cult film and that song by DeBarge is a certified hit. It was a top 10 song. was in Australia anyway and it's terrific in its own way, The Last Dragon. I'll cover it on one of my other movie podcasts in the near future, now I'm thinking about it, But I didn't want anyone to think that watching Year of the Dragon was actually the last dragon. I do believe that is something that is a common mistake, which I'm kind of surprised about. Also, I wanted to mention the character of Tracy, played by Ariane's apartment. Now, she looks out over New York in this beautiful apartment, and it's real. It's not a fake... uh, It's not a fake... um, View that they're looking out at, including the Twin Towers, which actually makes me sad. Uh, the, the apartment also has this sunken bath in the middle, and Tracy has three television sets connected to three VCRs. That's VHS players, kids. Uh, yeah, at the end of her bed. How cool is that? They're placed at the end of a bed. Now, her character is a top-notch reporter current affairs reporter so she needs the extra tvs you know checking out what's going on in the world uh but uh i really like the look of it and you know it's movie heaven when you think about it right yes movie heaven three tvs connected to three vhs's how cool Year of the Dragon is definitely in my top 10, if you haven't worked that out already, of Mickey Rourke films. His performance is brilliant, and it really is a shame that it did not receive recognition at major awards ceremonies such as the Oscars, because I do think it is deserved. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, It is definitely a movie that you need to revisit. I highly recommend it. I do have a few copies of it, so it's regularly available. I'm not sure about streaming, but if you want a hard copy, you'll be able to find it somewhere around the traps. Thank you very much for listening to Mickey Rock Talk. My name is Shane A. Bassett, and you can find me and my links to the podcast and interviews and red carpet photos, uh, whatever else, movie, book, or entertainment-related you might want to know about that I've been up to. You can check it on at movie underscore analyst. That's at movie underscore analyst on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, which is movie analyst Shane Adam Bassett, or email me questions and comments. But be nice, Shane Adam Bassett at gmail.com. Have your say about one of the greatest actors of all time. Mr. Mickey Rourke. Uh, Our next edition will feature The Wrestler from 2008, his Oscar-nominated performance. Fall Time from 1995. That's got a good cast of young actors in it. And A Prayer for the Dying from 1987, an Irish drama which features actors such as Liam Neeson and Bob Hoskins, Alison Doody, a Prayer for the Dying, not to be missed. I hope you've seen it. Try and watch these movies before you listen to the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much and long live Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is
1: a terrorist who killed for a cause he believed in. Now he wants out. There'll be no more killing. One more makes no difference. I said no! Alan Bates is the man who wants him to kill one more time. You've changed your mind. Bob Hoskins is the priest who became a witness. God say no. You are profaning the Holy Church to save your skin. Who are you, Mr. Fallon? You hide yourself, don't you? Hunted on all sides, he's protected by a vow of silence. I want the priest. He's a witness. Nobody touches the priest. Good evening, Father. My church has been desecrated. Nothing to do with me. You're lying.